Vandersloot looks at the clock, daring them to foul her. That's a dangerous pass! Hamby! seconds left. Here's Diamond. Looks like the ball is in her hands for the win. The shot is off and Las Vegas survives. Now back to Heat Wave Sports with Tim Unglesby. Myself and my guests were at that game in the Thomas and Mack Center. Craziness. The Erica Hamby hit that shot from half court. Joining me for our three good friend of the show's Heatwave Sports. I, I like to say he's got a lot of uh, you can add those tags on to where, what you're doing now. But I always consider him a part of Heatwave Sports. Jose V, always a pleasure, man. I'm back, man. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I tried, I tried to do the rotation. I like to get like different guys in just to get a different feel for the show. But uh, like you said, different points of view is always a good thing to have on it, your show. It is though, right? You you know, me and Tommy have been doing this for almost a decade together, and some people it's just like any show it doesn't have to be me tommy and i it could be other shows you listen to here on the the uh the lotus networks but i like to get a lot of different opinions because not everybody's going to agree on things and i mean look you're doing a lot of things now i think you know is it okay to give the shout out to mike dixon because i think you're, you're doing some stuff with him right now yeah man to be honest with you mike dixon uh vegasportsdaily.com if you guys do not know he is everywhere man i mean i appreciate the fact that he let me join that family basically but we've had a connection for a while we met up a few games back a couple years back actually uh vegas golden knights and then it just got from there mm-hmm. um if you guys do know he's all over the place he's doing the boxing stuff huge right now the pfl stuff in mandalay bay but uh yeah man huge shout out to mike dixon vegas sports daily um podcast coming soon uh you know i've been trying to get that back up on but um definitely got that coming got a couple people that we're going to be interviewing and um i want to do something different you know a lot of things that i've been wanting to do that i i feel like i held back myself that i think it's time for me to go ahead and just try it out you know you don't know what's going to happen until you actually get it done so no i agree and it's it's more than just having a microphone in front of your face because you can you can do things that you want to do and still be in the media that's the same exactly you know know, we're not all cut from the same cloth and, and uh so you're gonna be doing some 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 video. Yep. You're gonna be doing some audio. Exactly. Gonna do some writing, maybe. Is that so? That that's the plan. So basically, um, the fact that he knows that I like to do a lot of interviews with the coaches and stuff like that, um, he's gonna work with me with my time schedule and things like that. So what I want to start doing is, if I do get a video interview, just give a quick, you know, paragraph or a quick context about what it was, whatever the game was, um, and what the video is gonna be like. Because as you know, I tried writing; it really wasn't my forte at that mm-hmm. point. But I want to get back into it, and I want to add more to it. And, and, and being able to work with Mike and Vegas Sports Daily is just, they're going to work with me and my schedule, so it's going to be a lot more comfortable, you know? Oh, that's good. That's good. And, and I know you can do it. Me and you met a while back, and I was a fan of your podcast, so I really hope you get back into it. I always tell you that. I hope you get back into it, because I think that that's something that you can do every day. You know, this is a weekend show. I have to kind of cut my, my script around what I'm going to do for the weekend, whereas if something happens, say Tuesday night, and I'm not saying this is going to happen. Of course, I don't want it to happen. But say LeBron breaks his leg, that's a huge story. Oh, definitely. You literally can go on the air and talk about it right then. When I look at um, what you can do with the interviews, I, lo- I love the stuff you do. I just I would recommend not having Liz Cambage on the interview list for you. <laughs> I don't think she's a big fan of mine. She, she, she didn't really like my question. But yeah, well, you know me, man. I got to ask some of those questions every now and then. You know how it is. Nobody else is doing it. So why, why wouldn't you not do it? That's, well, that's as long as I don't get in trouble, I'm good, right? I haven't gotten in trouble yet. So 
I, I went to sporadic VGK games over the last couple of years, and uh, I tended more as a fan, actually. I wanted to get the experience. Plus, I'm a Capitals fan. I, I bleed the red, white, and blue, and thankfully they won. They finally won their, their title, and, and I said that. I said, you know. And against VGK to top and, it Yeah, that, that, was, it was, that was a sore spot for me with people in this area, but I look at it more like now that I can, you know, it wasn't that I didn't accept Vegas Golden Knights. I just didn't like a lot of the things the way that the franchise came in. And, and now that we're three years into it, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter anymore. And, and I just, you know, by going to the games this year, I'll sit in that, that press conference. And, and you know, I, I don't think people want to step on toes because it's just, why do that? Why are you trying to be that guy, right? But I don't think some of the questions are tailored to what really needs to be talked about. A lot of them are, are I would say, are staged questions. And when you say something which was no disrespect towards the Las Vegas Aces franchise. She just took it and went a different direction with you. And I know it was myself and you. Uh, I believe C. Wynn was there. Chris Wynn was there. Ed Graney was there. Ed Graney was there. <laughs> and it was kind of like, we yeah. were just like, damn, why did, she, why did she say it? You know, that was hella wrong. But, hey, man, it is what it is. dude. If you ain't like, then you're doing something right, dude. Now, let me ask you a question because you said first two years you were more of a fan you weren't really part of the media, per se, when it came to the Golden Knights. Mm -hmm. What changed for you now in year three? Because I have noticed early on in the season so far, you've been to a lot more games. You've attended a lot more games. What has changed for you that you would say, okay, I, I want to go to see these guys now and actually be more part of the media aspect of it as of a fan perspective? I, I can't say I wasn't a fan in that I liked the fact that we had professional sport here. I liked the fact that it was an expansion team because you get to build your own culture your own moving brand. forward, right? I like the color scheme. I thought the arena was beautiful. I like, you know, going in expansion draft. When I looked at that draft list, and this is the thing, I'm a huge hockey guy. I've followed it forever. You know, when the Wranglers were here in the ECHL, I, I did a, I did a weekly show for them. So I have hockey experience. It was just for me. I didn't, I didn't think that the way that they came in, to the league, was fair. You mean the way the expansion draft, basically the way they were built, them at right. that point, the way they were built, Got which it. you're going to see Seattle next year be in the same situation. Uh, but are I, we going to see Seattle being a team? I don't mean to, to switch it up on you real quick, but mm -hmm. just to add to it, are we going to see Seattle be a team like the Golden Knights were year one, though? Probably not. Because of the circumstances are right, different. Probably not, but I think they're going to be competitive, and that's the thing nowadays is not, you know, we always talked about expansion teams have to pay their dues. There's too much money involved now. You can't pay your dues and be that bad the way it used to be. But So that was kind of a sore spot with me but it wasn't me hating on not being a fan you know i'm always going to be a capitals fan there's nothing that anybody can do about that so i had to have team one team one and then team 1a the problem with me was a lot of and, and i've had to get accustomed to this especially being in the media is you can't have an opinion like that sort of speak in the venue I'm not a fan of the fan base, to tell you the truth. I really am not. And, <laughs> and I know this pisses people Ooh, off, but I know you, you share these same yeah. sentiments with me. And it's not the general fan base. If you're a fan of a team, that's wonderful. It's these guys that look, they, they're these hardcore super fans, they call them, right? Why, why are they super? Because they can act like a jackass on the Jumbotron? Because they can post on their Instagram these <laughs> idiotic pictures? Those are the, the fans that I can't stand and, because they, can't, they couldn't sit in a room with me and talk hockey. They're just there to be a fan, and that's the problem. And people right. are going to hate me for saying this, and I've said it on social media before, but I'm going to say it because that's the way I feel. The problem with Las Vegas is there's way too many Vegas Golden Knights fans and not enough hockey fans, if that makes any sense to you guys. Because there's too many people that are excited that the Golden Knights are here, a brand-new franchise, something we've never had, but they don't really know hockey. 
I don't know hockey all the way in and out, but since the Golden Knights have been here, man, I've learned a lot more, and I'll be 100% honest with you on that. Mm-hmm. But that's the problem here. There's still way too many fans of just the team that don't know anything about hockey. And like you said, a lot of the fans are just, it's a bad fan base. I'm not going to name any clicks or anything on social media because I don't want to, you know, blast anybody out there but a lot of people on social media when you see them complaining or when the team gets a loss like when they lost to boston that was a great loss if there is any great losses they played their ass off in that game but yet people are complaining saying oh if this was a high school team you guys couldn't even beat a high school team i mean let's be real if you're saying that then you don't know hockey at that point because they played a great game and they just lost to a better team that Mm -hmm. night that's all it was same with the Winnipeg game. That was a good loss, if you can say that. Winnipeg is a good hockey team. The the game the other night against Ottawa, that was a bad win. Can there be such thing as a bad win? Possibly. They didn't play, I thought, I didn't think they played 100%. And it's they could have played me. a lot better against Ottawa. Yes, they should have. Right, Ottawa is kind of a, a bottom feeder in the league. And, and yes, you know, Brian said earlier that Ottawa came to play. Okay, I get that. I, come, I 100% understand that. But talent should always overwin. And I just don't think maybe, and I'm not saying it's 100 because I'm not in their heads, but I don't think they were expecting that that tough of a game and it almost got away from them. But, you know, being in the media, I cover the team. I don't cover the fans. It's On this show, I can say what I want about the fans exactly. because that's my opinion. But as a, as, a media, as a member of the media, I have to cover the, the game and the team. The fans don't play anything into it for me. But going into those initial, going all the way around back to the initial question, that first year was very tough for me because I was so um, – I, I couldn't understand why I was so – like I had a, a red – I was just red about it. I saw red every time I saw somebody talking about VGK. And, and I'm not I talking, remember you just – you didn't want to hear anything with that had to do with I VGK. Couldn't, it was I couldn't just, do it. It was crazy. I, I couldn't do it. I just – I didn't Don't understand. talk about it. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are in year three, and, and it's not that – yeah, I'm a fan, no doubt about it. But when I when I'm there to cover the team, I have to look at it objectively, and you know that's my take on it. I think they're a very good hockey team right now, and you're seeing that. And I think they're going to be in the playoffs, and I think they have a deep run in the playoffs. Can they win it? I mean, I don't know, man. Like you know, I just went on this tirade about only one team can win. Are they the best team in the NHL? I don't think so. But we'll talk about that in June, right? Sounds good. Another conversation for another day. That's it. Now. What about you being a fan of you're, – you're decked out in jet gear right now. So if, if there was a cam- – well, you have a camera on. You're wearing all jets. If you guys are watching me on Facebook Live, obviously, yes, you can see that I have my jets gear on. Now, it's funny you bring this up because it's also been brought up in, in, in social <coughs> media out there recently that some people in the media believe that there's fanboys. Mm-hmm. You know, some people in the media are fanboys because they ask certain questions now. I've never been accused of that, thank God. But the one thing I will say is I do tweet a lot of stuff. When I'm rooting for the Aces, which you've done it yourself as well, um, because we have the support for that team. You know what I mean? I'm a Jets fan. I'm going to root for them, whatever it may be. I'm a Yankee fan. I was upset that they lost. But, hey, I'm still going to post what I want to post. But, yes, if I'm covering that team, then I'm not going to be biased just because it's my team. I don't cover the New York Jets. I can be biased right now. You know what I mean? I'm not in New York. I'm not a reporter out there. But when I'm out here and I'm covering the Aces, some of my tweets might sound excited, that I'm excited for the team because I'm there. But I'm also covering the game and the team non-biasedly. If they lose, they lose. If they screw up, I'm going to call out the coach or whatever it may be. Not call out, but I'm going to ask those questions. You guys turn the ball over too much, this, this, and that. I'm going to be that guy no matter what. You see what I'm saying? So I'm always going to be different when it comes to that aspect. So that's why I want to ask you, too. 
What do you say for media members out there that have been in this game longer than maybe you and I, or just myself in general, that consider people that root for teams on social media fanboys? <laughs> I mean, I know you've seen it. Yeah, I know you've yeah. heard it. I, I guess it, a lot of it depends on your tenure, because if you've been covering, say, the, the Patriots for 20 years, and you act like a fanboy, nothing's happening to you. You get your credential every year. You get your seat in the press box. Now, granted, at the games... We're all professional. I don't root. I don't celebrate. Inside, I'm probably yeah. excited or whatever. But there, I'm professional. I'm quiet. Except, except for, and, and if John Maxwell is listening, <laughs> except for the game at the Thomas and Mack, which we played at the beginning of the hour, if I'm losing my credential for cheering, then then everybody on that press row better be, t- better be getting away because everybody was hyped You're up talking for about that. the D.I. Erica Right. Uh, trust me, I have the video. I was right on the court. <laughs> I turned around and said, wow. And not only that, I even got James Harden's reaction on the court that <laughs> night. So it was crazy, yeah. yeah. Those, are, those are what we call uh, moments in sports that you, you know, you – you have to be a fan of at that point. But Some guy got the tattoo on his leg recently. Yeah, I, I saw that on the news, that. actually. That's crazy, crazy, man. That's fandom right there. I, I guess, like I said, if you were a newbie and you're fanboying out, I, I could see them taking stuff away from you because there has to be some precedent of professionalism somewhere. Now, again, a lot of that depends on who's running the media department for whatever franchise and so on and so on. But being a Jets fan, one in four, and, you know, coming into the season – it was New England, and then the Jets are right there in second in the division. Chance to kind of contend for a playoff spot. You got Le'Veon Bell coming in. You know, Sam Darnold in a, a, another year now, second year. Then he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. and He didn't get hurt. He got mono. Okay. I mean, who, he got sick, who the yeah. hell gets mono? <laughs> I mean, you're a grown man, you get mono, and you play football. A grown know. healthy man. Jeez. A grown athlete. I, I that's thought we, we thought he was position. healthy. I guess yeah. not. Well, he's back. Okay. He's back. And, and you get the Patriots tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. The Pats are 6-0. and This game is played in New York. And you said it before we went on the air. It's, it's, a, it's a divisional game. It's a rivalry game. Patriots have looked unbelievable. I gave out the, the I think it's 190 points for, and they've given up like 48 stat, points. Yeah. Here's my, you know, my initial thought on it was, well, the Patriots are going to have an ugly game here and there. But they just had one two weeks ago and one. I don't know if they're going to be ugly tomorrow, too. They may. I don't think they blow them out. You know, they're what a ten point favorite tomorrow. I think something like that. I don't think they blow them out per se. I could see it. I can't see them losing. I could see it being closer than ten. But but I guess when it's all said and done, is I in my mind, in your mind, we already know the Patriots are making the playoffs. It's about your team. I want to hear the <laughs> Jets side of it because I like Sam Darnold a lot. I think I think he could be an NFL quarterback. I was talking about the next group of quarterbacks in this league, and I think he fits into that that group. Le'Veon. Look, man, you're off sunning him well, right? He's he's running the ball effectively, but I just don't think the Jets have enough weapons to contend, not only in this game, per se, but for the season. And when you get off to a start like that, it's hard to come back from that. No, I agree with you. I don't think they have enough to compete in this game. I mean, Sam Darnold looked better, obviously. I mean, coming back to beat the you know the Dallas Cowboys, which everybody still calls America's team, which I don't I don't see that for some reason. But the problem with the Jets is not the lack of talent. It's the lack of being consistent. Robbie Anderson, look at last week, yep. monster game. But the thing about this guy, he's one of those guys that reminds me of Mike Wallace when he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. A huge average, averaging over, what, 24 yards per reception? But that's only when he does it. He doesn't have those games consistently. He'll give you 120 yards receiving, but it's only off of three receptions. The rest of the game, he didn't do anything. That's the problem. The Jets have the talent, but they're not consistent enough. Not only that, 
I'm still not sold on Sam Darnold. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not sold on this kid. We have not done anything. I'm not sold on Adam Gase. I don't like him as a head coach. He couldn't do anything without Sam Darnold. They, he looked like a deer in the headlights coaching <laughs> when the guy was out. Not only that, I like Greg Williams. I still like him. I still think he's going to do good things with this defense. I still think the defense is going to be better, especially now with C.J. Mosley coming back. That's going to solidify a big hole that they had in the defense. Linebacker like him coming back, that's huge. But I just, there's no way that they're going to beat New England tomorrow, man. There's no way. We're a complete dumpster fire right now. We beat the Cowboys, which I'm sorry they've beat nobody. They're under, they're, they're, they're just, too many people think that they're great, but they're not. We haven't beat anybody one in four. You can basically lock this as another loss, man. I'll be honest with you. I think we get our ass blown out. <laughs> I say we lose by 21 points easily. Wow. And not only that, I'm giving props to the New England defense. You know me. I've always said I never think New England's defense really is that good. I think they're overrated or people overhype them. This year, they're just unbelievable, man. They're monsters. They're killing people. And it's, it's Bill Belichick, man. You, you guys are right. He's the defensive mind that everybody keeps talking about. And this year, they're showing it. But Tom Brady. Tom Brady is also a question mark. You said it. He's had those nasty games. He hasn't looked that great this year, let's be 100% honest. Has he looked like Tom Brady of old? No. The defense is what's carried this team, though. And that's what's, that's what's going to be the huge factor, I think, tomorrow night is going to be the defense. Being in New York doesn't matter. They know how to win there. Brady yeah. knows how to win there. It's just going to be another game to them. The only thing that's just kind of funny is the whole trolling with Julian Edelman and Jamal Adams on social media. Sometimes that could hype teams up. Sometimes it could mean nothing. So we'll see, man. But I'm telling you right now that Jets are going to get killed tomorrow. Brady is 28 and 6 lifetime against the Jets. He's won 7 straight against the Jets. 16 and 7 on Monday Night Football is Mr. 1-2 and a chance to jump out to 7 and 0 record for the just the third time in franchise history. Last time they did it they won the Super Bowl. If that means anything to anybody, but I I don't know, man. I I can't bet against the Patriots. But I, I can see it being a little bit closer than 10. But you then again, so? I'm not, then again, I'm with you, though. But why I, I gotta, though? why you do you think it could be a lot closer than that? Mm. And I, I, this is coming from a Jets fan. I'm telling you, I honestly, and I'm not just saying, I honestly am saying I think we're going to get killed. Tomorrow. Because I think you're a little harder on your team than, than the person that's not a fan of the team. I, I like Sam Darnold. I like what he's capable of doing. I just don't know if he has the correct personnel and or, like you said, play calls that will get him to where he needs to be. I like the fact that it's a divisional game. I like the fact that they're on the road. I like the fact that New England has looked so good. Is just give me reason to to run with the Jets. So if the Jets come so out, you think this could be a trap game if you're a better. It could be. I can see a back. I mean, if they win, if they win thirty-five uh, twenty-six, right? Maybe the Jets get a late touchdown. They're down. What is it? Thirty-five sixteen. Yeah, you know. Something happens. I don't know. 35-16, they get a late touchdown, two-point conversion. Bang, you cover the number, even though you got killed. I mean, I could see something like that happen. I, I I, can't bet on the Jets. That's for sure. I can tell you that. <laughs> I but. never bet on my team. I tell you, I don't bet with my heart, obviously. You can't do that. You bet with your heart, you're going to lose a lot of money. If, if they run the ball, eat the clock up, keep Brady off the field, then they have a chance. The problem but, with that is that def- the defense is so good right now exactly. that you're three and out, and it's you know, it negates that. So. Like, I don't care if you're Le'Veon Bell. Like, are you really going to run on this defense? I mean, you're, you're saying let's slow down the ball. Let's slow down the game. Let's take the ball away from Tom Brady's hands. But mm-hmm. when you're playing against a defense like that, it's hard. Unless unless, unless you're going to run the ball to try to open up the play action and see if you could catch him there, I can see you doing that with Sam Darlow. Not only that, especially with a guy like Le'Veon Bell that can catch the ball out of the backfield. 
So you do a play action play here and there, you're going to have more than just one receiver that you're going to have opened up, especially with Le'Veon coming out the backfield. But right. it's still that defense, man. It's going to be tough. I don't think you want to get into a shootout if that's that's the alternative. Is yeah. let's go, let's go. Because uh, that's where the know. mistakes card coming in. Yeah. Darnold's a, t- a second year guy. You don't want him go- going into a you know a gunslinging battle with Tom Brady and that defense, man. Don't do it. Jets, Pats tomorrow, ESPN round out week seven. I know Tuesday night you're off. You already told me your schedule. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to be sitting in front of the boob tube, man. TNT is going to be on. You got that double header coming out. Opening night, NBA, Pelicans-Raptors game one, and then the the game. I know you're looking forward to this, Jose. Lakers at the Clippers. <laughs> Lakers at the Clippers in the in the same uh, arena. What, what, what are we going to call this? The, the the locker room series? Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> they just switch locker rooms, right? That's literally all it is. Lakers a two-and-a-half-point favorite opening night, man. Give me your th- first give me your thoughts on the game itself. You know, I'll tell you this about the NBA. I was a fan more of the NBA growing up. I've really not been so much of a fan during this uh, last, I'd say, probably like close to 10 years now. Although there are times where I do enjoy it. I, li- I liked watching New uh, San- what, Oakland, San Francisco, Golden State kind of build themselves into what they were. I enjoyed watching that. Mark Jackson helped build them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what is he now, a commentator? Yeah. Uh, you, don't even get, you can't even get a job. But I, enjoy watch- I enjoyed watching Toronto. Uh, ascend to the top. I thought that was a great story. I'm enjoying how they set their schedules up. They do a great job of making sure the premier games are on. The NBA? Yeah, opening night, Christmas, whatever you want to call it. And we're getting that. I think, obviously, the first game loses a little luster with Zion being uh, Yeah, he's going to be out, right? Right. He's hurt. So that second game, though, man, that's huge, dude. That's TV ratings right there. That's the game that the NBA wants. I mean, you have basically the biggest star right now in the world in Kawhi Leonard, especially after winning that championship, going back home, basically, you know, going to L.A., trying to create a new culture there with the Clippers, bringing in, you know, PG-13 as well to be his, you know, running mate there. But then you also got the Lakers, man. You got LeBron. Some people are saying it's a joke. It's not going to work with him running point. It's yet to be seen. The season hasn't started. It's only been preseason. Anthony Davis, how fragile is he? Is he going to stay healthy? People are saying he's got the thumb injury now and that he can't stay healthy. That's also yet to be seen. But I think that you need to also think about the role players on both of these teams. You got to look at a guy like Patrick Beverly. He just got paid by the Clippers. This guy even said, I could have got paid somewhere else and made more money, but I wanted to stay here. I like what we're creating. I don't like him personally, but he's a defensive monster. That could be the biggest X factor on that team because Doc Rivers is going to try to have a good defensive team there. But then look at the size that the Lakers are going to have. You're going to have Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, LeBron James, those three guys already on the floor to start. Kuzma just got paid. That scares me a bit, though, because he's still young. Is the money going to get to his head, or is he going to keep balling out, and is he going to keep progressing and getting better? That's also yet to be seen. Now, the one thing that I think is gonna, you're going to see in this game, a lot of sloppiness, Tim. It's still too, too early. I don't think these guys are going to be ready. It's going to be a lot of defense. Both teams are going to try to be filling each other out. I don't see a high-scoring event, as crazy as it sounds. I see a lot of defense in this game. I see the Lakers probably pulling it out. I'm going to say the Lakers win by seven. Call me crazy. I'm a Laker fan, so, of course, I'm going to take them. You know that. But, yeah. A lot I of think, money on the Lakers. Why wouldn't there be, though? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're at home. Technically, both teams are at home. But I, I got to ask you, though, Clippers jerseys. If you've played San Andreas, I believe yeah. it is, GTA, didn't they steal the, the – I mean, like, come on. 
that they're, they're, they're clowning them for it now. Like, it's, it, it, it's ridiculous. Like, people are saying the Clippers are the best team in L.A. They haven't won anything. There's no banners up there. I, I wish they would just move them to Anaheim. Let, let them have their own city, you know. It's, Why not move them to Las Vegas? I'm okay with that, too. I'm okay right? with that, too. Didn't yeah. Mayweather try to bring in some money a few a while back before Bomber bought him? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it would be a great move. But Let me let me throw out some some scenarios for you or, or questions and get your thoughts on some of this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're a Laker guy. I'll, I'll give you the first. I'll set you up first with an easy one. All right. How far do they go this year? In, in your... Uh, and let's go with it in your opinion as a member of the media, not as a fan. Um, as a member of the media, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't see them winning the championship this year. I can see them getting there, but I think the, 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 the honest, realistic reality for this team, I think, would be Western Conference Finals. I do believe that they will possibly get knocked off. <clears throat> um, I see a team like Denver. I like Denver. I like the way they're coached. I like the overall nucleus that they have on that team with the young players. Murray is a beast. He doesn't get enough credit as he should. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of team that I think can bounce the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. And I don't think that's a bad thing for the Lakers because that's just a next step for them to get ready and know what they have to do after that. This is the first season this team's going to be together. They still have to gel. So as a member of the media, not a member, as a fan base of the Lakers, I see them getting to the Western Conference Finals and being bounced. I don't see them making it to the championship. Okay. We'll start with the other team then as well. Clips, Kawhi, Paul George. I see the Clips getting bounced in the second round of the playoffs. I don't think that they're that good. I think they'll get a good seeding. Obviously beat a softer team in the first round, if anything. But I just don't see them going past that. I just They don't have the overall bench, the overall talent that the Lakers do. So I still think they're going to play second fiddle there. I just don't see them getting past the second round. So no... Clay, no KD. You you basically starting the year with with two of the big four that they had. You lost two of your all stars, basically. Yeah, yeah, two huge pieces of that puzzle. How bad of a drop does Golden State have? Playoff team still, yes. Uh, early out is that is that what you're looking at? Because Clay's going to come back at some point. But at what point is he going to come back, and how good is he going to be? Is the question. And not only that, do you even try to bring him back this year? Do you even risk that? It just depends on where you're at, right? I mean, here's the thing. I think it's all going to depend on D'Angelo Russell's play. If D'Angelo Russell plays to his potential and plays without any issues off the court, then it's not going to affect them that much with Clay being out. If that happens, then we're looking at Steve Kerr winning the coach of the year because the way that this team is set right now, it doesn't look like they're going to do much. I'll be honest with you, the way they played in the preseason, that's, I know it's only the preseason and the majority of the games have been against the Lakers, but they look bad. Mm-hmm. They, they look lost. Curry looks like he's the only one that's there doing anything. They don't look like they're a complete team like they have been in the past. They don't look like that dynasty to me anymore. Um, I'll be crazy, and I'll, I'll say it. I, I think they get bounced in the first round. I don't see. I see them making the playoffs, but I see them being a lower-level seed this year. I'm, I'm looking at possibly a five or a six seed. Houston. I like Houston. I think people are, are, are saying that it's not going to work with Russell Westbrook and Harden. <laughs> They both want the ball. I get that. But I, 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 they never really had the chance to be both starters on a team. Remember, they played at Oklahoma City before. Harden came off the bench. Now he's the guy. I think it's going to work, but the problem is the defense. Is Harden yeah. going to play any defense? No. There's memes. There's jokes about it when Chris Paul was there, but we know he doesn't play defense. 
I like their five. I like their starting five a lot with Gordon. Gordon, sharpshooter, no doubt. Tucker's tough. Clint Capella's good. But he's inconsistent, too. That's yeah, the problem. I, I think as as for a center in the NBA, he's, I mean, he's at least top half league, right? you got to put him in there. My, my issue with them is, yeah, the defense. And I don't know how deep they go and how quality deep they go. That That's the problem with Houston. They're going to score with those guys. There's no doubt about it. But again, I, I preface this. If you're a Houston Rocket fan, are you okay with getting to the semifinals or even the Western Conference finals every year? Is that okay for you? I mean, eventually at some point, you want to be that fan that's like, okay, guys, let's let's take the next step or let's blow it up because it's not working out. I, you know what? I was listening to you on the drive-in, and I, I heard when you mentioned that as well. And it, it, it you have to think about it because there have been fan- franchises like that. Like you guys said, the Atlanta Braves, over 10 years winning the pennant, but yet couldn't win the, you know, couldn't win the World <coughs> Series, only got one out of it. Buffalo Bills, four Super Bowls in a row, couldn't win it. At some point, you have to ask yourself, is winning enough or do you want that championship as well? I'm a Jets fan. I'll be honest with you. I would rather us have winning seasons than to win a Super Bowl at this point. Like, I would be okay with that. But when you're Houston, you haven't been able to get over that hump. You haven't been able to technically beat Golden State. People say, oh, we almost beat them. Almost isn't good enough. You didn't beat them. Even if they do end up playing Golden State in the playoffs this year and beat them, who are they really beating? They're not beating the Golden State team that they weren't able to beat before. Right. Now, also, are they going to let Russell Westbrook shoot like crazy? Because we all know Houston's mentality. We're going to beat Golden State by outshooting them. We all know Russell Westbrook likes to shoot. So who's going to shoot the ball more is my question. I could see it being an issue at some point. (laughs) I see it being an issue (laughs) later down. I don't think early in the season, though. How about the Pelicans? Zion, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. Do they make the playoffs, and how do they do? First round? To be honest with you, yes. I think they do make the playoffs. They looked great in the preseason. Um, They're a super young team. We know they're inexperienced. But I like the moves that they did, that they got. I think the players they got from the Lakers are going to be better fit where they are. I'm not too fond of their coach, though. Um, What's the guy's name? Is it Lion? Is it, uh, oh, my God, I'm spacing out. But. I'm not too fond of the coach. I don't like the coaching staff that they have, but I like the young players that they have. I think Lonzo Ball is going to do better there. I think he's not going to have the pressure of his dad and the L.A. fans and his family and all that extra stuff. They're hanging behind him. The only question mark to me, I think, is Brandon Ingram. That's why the Lakers got rid of him. He's too inconsistent. He still has a lot of raw talent, but he's too inconsistent. The guy that you have to look out for, though, is Zion, obviously. We know that. But is he going to stay healthy? That's the scary thing. Is he going to stay healthy? But... I think they make the playoffs. I honestly do. Not only that, they brought in a couple veterans. I believe they also brought in um, Redick. He's a good vet to bring in. He's a good sharpshooter. He's a guy that can help you out on the bench mentality-wise, talking to the guys. So I think they make the playoffs. Probably get bounced in the first round with the lack of overall playoff experience and the young players. But I think it's going to be a good season overall for New Orleans. And I think it's not going to be like a rebuilding season as a lot of fans and a lot of people are thinking just because they got rid of AD. They got a lot of good players in return. It's not like they gave up the farm and got nothing back. Right. Alvin Gentry, the name you're looking Alvin for. Alvin Gentry, yeah. there you go. All right, I'll give you two more in the West. We'll look at the East. Dallas. They got the European front line now, right? Donchik and uh, Porzingis. Is that Christoph? it? How about Dallas? You know, uh, kind of a surprise last year, I think. I, I like the situation there with the owner because I think he's willing to do what it takes to win. We saw that he won a title based on basically – going out and picking up when money needed to be spent. Mark Cuban has no problem 
spending the cash. And I think that that's a good thing. Unlike a Dan Snyder who has no problem spending the money, but he gets too involved in the situation. But when I look at Dallas and you have Porzingis and, and Doncic and, and, you know, as, as your main Luka guys. Donich, yeah. Yeah. I, I like them, but obviously I don't think they're good enough to, to make a run. But I think they're, you kind of see them building is what you're looking at right here. I see a good build. I mean, but the biggest problem is, though, is Christoph Porzingis is going to stay healthy because yeah. he's the one that's injury prone. But I like Luka Donis. The kid's, I think, what, 20 years old? 20 years old, but he's basically already a pro because he's been playing overseas forever. Um, they got a couple other guys that are still young, Justin Jackson. You got Tim Hardaway Jr., which is kind of a vet already. They got the big guy, Buban, the guy that's like 7'3". The guy doesn't even have to jump, but... Um, I can see them having a winning record this year. I don't know about making the playoffs, to be honest with you, because you know how the West is. Yeah. You can have a winning record, get over 40 <laughs> wins, almost 50, but you're still not going to make the playoffs. As we're in the East, you have a losing record, and you'll be the eighth seed with no problem. Um, I can see them doing better than last year, but I just – there's too many question marks, way too many question marks for me. You put Utah in the same boat? I like Utah more because I think they just have more overall talent. I mean, I like Rudy Gobert. Obviously, defensive, big defensive guy. You got Mitchell, Spider. I mean, yep. obviously, he's got to stay consistent as well. And I like their coach, man. I, I don't think they, he gets enough credit. I actually like their coach. Um, he used to coach Missouri, I believe, back in the day when he was in college. I, something like that. Yeah, Snyder. Uh, yeah, yep. Snyder. I, I think he's a good coach. Um, I think Utah can be a sleeper team, too, but they got to be more consistent. That's the problem, inconsistency. Um, they started off the season slow, came back strong like they did two years ago when they made the playoffs, but they can't start off slow this year. I think this year they need to come out the gate fast. Don't have a losing record right off the bat because then you're digging yourself a hole that you're not going to be able to get yourself out of at that point. So a couple years back, San Antonio played Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. That was when Kawhi was with, I believe that was Aldridge's first year there. After that season, I said in our preview show for the next season, the Spurs will fall to a 7 or 8 seed, and everybody's laughing at me like I'm an idiot. Well, guess what they were last year? They were a 7 seed. They made the playoffs 22 straight years. In my opinion, it ends this year. And you're seeing pretty much the the re, the rebuilding of the San Antonio Spurs. And I know that's hard to say when you have LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan on your team. But that's all I see now. And you saw it last year. It really affected them not having those go-to guys that they, they depended on for year after year. You know, And, yeah, maybe the youth they have coming in, it just they need time. They need time to do it. So I think with a loaded West – I'm really going out on a limb, maybe, and saying, but I think that the Spurs don't make it this year. I really do. With that being said, would you say that this is probably the final time that we see Greg Popovich last season? I think so. You think this is probably where he just calls it quits? I'm surprised I mean, he came back this year to tell you the truth. Think though. about it. Who, who's sitting next to him this year? Who's sitting next to him on that bench this year? Becky Hammond? Who else? Timmy. Uh, is Timmy, he? Yeah, yeah, okay. Tim Duncan's one of his assistant coaches now. Does he want to be? Does he want to be the head guy? Who knows? But that's what I'm saying. You got to look at all the variables around it. Your main players that are your stars, yeah, 34, 33, 30 years old. They're not getting any younger. DeMar DeRozan, when he was in Toronto, you saw what happened. They couldn't do it with him in the playoffs. They got rid of him. They made it, won the championship. When the Spurs had Kawhi, they won the championship. Mm -hmm. Look what happened with DeMar DeRozan and the Spurs last year. Dropped, like you said, got dipped out of the playoffs. Not the same team. I just... Don't think that this ended up working out the way LaMarcus Aldridge dreamed it up when he talked to Popovich about coming to the Spurs. But I can agree with you, man. I can see them either being an eighth seed or not even making the playoffs this year. Do we ever see the likes of Becky Hammond, Teresa Witherspoon, 
Don Staley become a head coach in the NBA? I say yes, but not anytime soon. I, I, I honestly think that it's coming, especially with the way we're seeing some of these coaches in the WNBA. Mm -hmm. Not only that, Becky Hammond getting the spot with the Spurs, getting the opportunity. Um, I believe she also was the summer league and they won the championship when she was the coach yeah. or something like that, right? So they're proven that they're more than just females, man. They know what they're doing. They know their sport. I don't see it happening anytime soon, and that's not a knock to any female out there. If you know your stuff and you know your sports, you know it. But it's just the way the industry is right now. And I just think it's it's not the time yet, and it's not going to happen anytime soon. But I do see it happening in the near future. All right, give me a rundown on the East. Milwaukee, obviously, uh, has to you have to put them in the mix. Philly, is it is it now the time that the 76ers put all these pieces together? And Boston, Boston better without Kyrie. Obviously, we're going to go with yes on all of those, right? I agree 100%. I think Gordon Hayward is going to start averaging more than 18 points. I think he's going to do good there. I think Boston is going to be a much more better team without Kyrie Irving, as crazy as that sounds. The biggest question mark, though, is Jason Tatum. Is he going to change his game and, and, and get to the caliber of player that they know and they, they thought he could be when they drafted him? I don't know if you saw, but it recently came out that the front office came out and said, we want to get the quote-unquote Kobe Bryant out of Jason Tatum's <laughs> game because yeah. they had a summer workout, and they're thinking that it's affecting his game. Remember when he did detail and he was, you know, talking about his game and they hung out and they talked about it. That's the biggest question mark to me. What is Jason Tatum going to do? Is Jason Tatum going to come out of the gate and be the player that we know he can be? Or is he just going to be another question mark? But I still think Boston's a better team. I honestly see them being a three seed, maybe <clears throat> even possibly a two seed, because I think it's either Philly or Milwaukee, like C. Wynn said, to lose in the East. Yeah. But the biggest question mark with Philly, too, is um, they got rid of Jimmy Butler. Simmons, is he going to start making the three-bar night? He made his first one in preseason. The crowd went wild the other day. So we'll see, man. We'll see. And not only that, Joel Embiid, injury-prone as well. Sits out a lot. So, Giannis, the MVP? This year? Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. He's a man-beast, man. He that gets better every year, right? Was he tired? I think so, right? Don't you? Or maybe you just didn't care. You can say all you want about country respect, but if you're tired, you're tired, man. And he had a hell of a season, dude. I think he just showed up for his country, but not right. that he didn't care. I just right. think he was like, I'm going to play, and I'm going to play, and that's it. That, that's what I kind of got out of it, too, because there was no way they were winning that. So. No. And oh. they did hype him up a lot, too. Obviously, yeah. I think he has an MVP season again, no doubt. All right, one last one. I'll get your predictions. We'll take a quick timeout. Toronto champions. Obviously, the team is different. I think, it, and they, they re-signed Lowry one year, $30 million because it was just, they, they, that's what the, it happens. Big contracts. I say they struggle, trade deadline, he's gone, and they go from the penthouse to the crap house, no playoffs Toronto this year. And that's saying something with this terrible East. So I agree with you with the Kyle Lowry thing. Yeah. I think Kyle Lowry's time is come and gone. They got their championship. He didn't win it. We all know who won it for him. But I think the guy in waiting is the guy that's going to take over. Freddie, I like Freddie. I like Freddie Van Fleet. I like what he's done for that team. I think he's the next man up. And I agree with you. I think they're going to struggle. They're not going to be the same team in an East that is very, you don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? It, it, it could be up and down. You don't know who's going to win it. Any team can win it any year. Um, I still see Toronto making the playoffs, though. I disagree with you on that. I don't think they're going to yeah. get bounced. But I do see them being possibly a, a, a low-end team here, probably six or seven seed this year. Um, but, yeah, I think Kyle Lowry's gone, and I think the guy that's going to take over is Freddie Van Fleet. He's going to be the next face of that franchise there. 
Okay. And Siakam just resigned too, so we'll see. Who wins the East? Who wins the West? Who wins the title? Who's the MVP? I think this year I'm gonna go out on the limb. Um, you're probably gonna like it. I'm gonna take Boston to win the East. I honestly think that they're gonna surprise people. Um, I think um, Stevens is gonna win Coach of the Year as well. Um, I think getting rid of that Kyrie headache is just something that is going to work better for them. He has his guy in Hayward now. He had him in college, so I think that's going to work out. Boston wins the East, in my opinion. West. I'm going to go out on another limb. Denver wins the West. Okay. And I'm just going to leave it at that. MVP. Overall, I still say Giannis. Okay. Yeah. Got to, right? Got to. So I agree with you. Boston. I agree with you on Giannis. You know, this is a, this is a great time for the East to have a chance to win a title. And you have to look at it this way. I another title, know, at least. At least another, yeah. I don't know who to pick in the West right now. I really don't. Man. It is up it, in the air. So I can't even give a prediction because <laughs> I, have, I have no... You want to flip a coin? I say Boston wins, their t- wins a title this year. How about that? And I get good odds on that. Oof. I get good odds on that. Right okay. Give me a couple weeks. Maybe I'll, you know, I'll, <laughs> think I'll, I'll, I'll do an update show or something like that. All right, know we'll, the odds are. <laughs> we come back, we'll round it out with, hey, man, the World Series is, is starting up this, what is uh, it, Tuesday? Don't Wednesday? remind me. Tomorrow? Jeez. Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Game one of the World Series Tuesday. Talk to Jose about his Yankees. And we'll get his, being in it. get his prediction on who, who brings the, the trophy home. Can the Astros win their second in three years? Probably. We'll talk about that. When we come back, it's E-Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Here's Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton. I didn't have time, but I was looking for the Spanish version of that call as well. Really? You already had two of them. I like, wanted to load them up tonight, right. you know. <laughs> uh, Houston moves on to the World Series of Face the Nationals. Game one Tuesday night in Houston. Garrett Cole, 20-game winner in the regular season against Max Scherzer. And if you're looking for value, Max Scherzer is almost a $2 underdog in game one. That is crazy to think about it. And I'll even go a step further, Jose. If you're a fan of pitching, this is the series. Game two, Verlander, Strasburg. Game three, Patrick Corbin and Zach Greinke. So if you're a fan of pitching, this this is a series you want to watch. But let's kind of just sum it up. You know, that was a great ALCS. That is a lot of ups and downs. And when it came down to it, and I know you'll want to speak on what happened with the Yankees, the best closer in baseball, Got hit by an MVP. That that's that's just sums it up right there. That's the way the game ended. One hundred percent. I mean, 
Some people were complaining, saying he made a bad pitch. Some people were complaining, saying it was bad coaching. But at the end of the day, he threw his pitch. It was in a spot that Altuve caught it. And as you guys heard there in the audio, I mean, the rest is history. I mean, Jose Altuve is an MVP. You can't take anything away from the guy. I don't take anything away from Araldis Chapman either. He pitched a great game. He pitched a great series. The Yankees played a great series overall. DJ LeMahieu brought you, got you there, tied the game up for you, 4-4, top of the ninth. When everybody thought you were done, you were dead. But like you said before we came back from the break, Jose Altuve, great pitch count, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Got the pitches that he wanted, and when he finally got the right one right over the plate, bro, did he ever hit that ball. I mean, that was a sweet home run. I don't take anything away from the Houston Astros. This is coming from a New York Yankee fan. I tip my hat to them. Best of luck. But... It's going to be a very, very interesting World Series. A lot of unders, I think, coming up. We, we talk about timely hitting and starting pitching, but the bullpens always play into the playoffs. The Nationals' bullpen has been pretty good, and, and you couldn't say that during the regular season. So they've had these guys do little. Uh, Daniel Hudson basically was put in a closer role just a couple weeks left in the regular season. They still didn't know for sure they were making the playoffs at that point, but he came through. Whereas the Astro pen, I think, has been a little more solidified all year, and, and I think that's an advantage I see with them. When you look at – look, the pitching is the pitching, right? And, and, yeah, you could say Cole, Verlander, and Granke. But if I have Scherzer and Strasburg and Corbin, I'm okay, I'm okay with that. You know, you know, it's a coin flip for me either way. Bullpens, I've, Annabelle Sanchez, don't take anything away yeah. from him. He pitched a great game. He's he been had a huge. no-hitter into, what, seven or eight innings yeah. or something like that? He's been huge, and he's a veteran. Yeah. Yep. Bullpens, I like the Houston. Where this series is one for me is, again, where I think, when you look at the Astros' batting order, good Lord, man. Scary. Correa bat seventh. He was batting fourth two years ago. <laughs> scary. Right? Scary. And, and I think that's where they, they can win. That's where they win the this bats. series. Yeah, I think they win this series in, in five or six, probably six games. I just think that, the, look, man, this was what the Astros were built to be going back almost seven years ago when they were the worst team in base, a hundred loss team. You oh, go know, out, man. you build the right way, you build the farm up, you make uh, trades where you need to, you bring in free agents when you start to get better. And look what it's got them, man. It's got them a World Series. It's got them a, a, an NLCS. The Dodgers took them out last year, and they're back in the series again. And next year they're, they're they're ready to go again. I mean that's just the way it is. That's how you build for the future. Kansas City did it. Kansas City's trying to do it again. You've seen Atlanta do it. Philadelphia, I think, kind of jumped the shark a little bit. They were doing it, then they went out and spent all this money last year. Yeah. But you're seeing that's the model that's being seen right now, and that that's just Houston, dude. And and you know what? I think the Yankees are right there with them too. That's the that's the rivalry in the AL here for the next few years is the Yankees and, and the Astros. That's it. I agree with you because the way that the Yankees have finally done things has been different. Back in the day, they would buy players and sell the farm. Now yeah. they're keeping the farm and buying some players. Right. So they're switching it up, which is good. But going back to the World Series, I think the biggest issue here is going to be pitching. But what I mean by that, the Nationals have been at home resting for the last six days. As where the Astros just got out of a grueling six-game series with the Yankees where they used a lot of pitching in a lot of games. So their arms are going to be pretty fatigued there as well. So going back to your point about the lineup, the Astros may have the scary lineup on paper, and obviously with the numbers showing you as well with the players that they have, but who's got the more fresh pitching right now? Who's got the fresher arms? With yeah. that, just because they might not have the bats, meaning the Nationals, 
they might still be able to hit these guys because these guys might not be up to par with the velocity that they have. Not only that, call me a conspiracy theorist. They're hot and they're a wild card team. We talked about this during the break. The Giants a few years back as a wild card team won it as well. So you can't sleep on these guys. Not only that, they got rid of the quote-unquote one of the best players in the league, and they got better. <laughs> Who saw that coming? That, that, that's the craziest thing. Nobody saw this team even making the playoffs after they got rid of Bryce Harper. Am I right or wrong? Sometimes you get rid of what you perceive to be the... Uh, La basura. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> right? I, I, I just think it's going to be a good series. I'm going to say it goes yeah. seven. Okay. But you got a Houston win. No. Oh, going upset, huh? Mm-hmm. You going to put some money on that? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take the Nationals. I'm going to ride with the hot team. I, I can see it. You're right. Being a wild card doesn't mean, uh, isn't a death sentence. You know, that that just means you're, you weren't good enough to beat the team ahead of you. That's all. But we're at, we're out of time, man. That was a quick hour, wasn't it? Fun, man. Need to have you back in. Hopefully. Uh, you know me. Okay. Hit me up. I'm here. For Jose V, Brian Feldman, three hours in the books. We're back at it. Uh, we're off next week. It's, ha- it's Halloween weekend. Yeah. For me, at least. So we're out. You got kids. I got kids. Yeah. So it should be fun. Crazy at work, too. Think about it. You can check out the pictures I, I, on know, Instagram. I got to go check that out, actually. I got to stop by yeah, that. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> Until, uh, what is he? Vegas Golden Knights on the 2nd. So we're back November the 3rd for the big three-hour edition of Heatway Sports every Sunday night right here on Fox Sports Radio. Damon, always solid job. We'll talk to you then. Good night. See you.